the Miracle Word Podcast. We believe that the Word of God gives you the power to experience never-ending increase in every area. If you're ready for revelation that will take you to the next level, you're in the right place. Here's your host, evangelist, author, and founder of Miracle Word University, Ted Shuttlesworth Jr. What is up, everybody? Welcome back to another Worship Wednesday. It is your host with the most, Ted Shuttlesworth Jr., back with you today, and I'm excited. It's another Worship Wednesday, and I'm always pumped for these. Today's going to be fun. It's going to be a different one. (laughs) I've never done something quite like this before, but today I want to talk to you about what you should be doing when you're not worshiping. Um, and specifically, I mean in a, in a church service, uh, a worship service, what should you be doing um, when your part is done? You know, let's say, for example, you're Sunday morning and, you know, you're, you're, you've done your praise and worship set and you've, you've gone to sit down. And now this is the big part by the way, that separates the great ones from the ones that really aren't going to last. And that's why I wanted to do this podcast because now that I've been doing worship for, oh man, what is it? 20 years. Um, I've noticed as I travel across the country and I've been in many different types of meetings, uh, church services, crusades, outdoor crusades, revival meetings, youth group meetings, um, small group meetings. I mean, everything you can think of nursing home meetings. <laughs> I've literally done them all. And, um, I've noticed, especially in the, in those church environments is that there's a huge difference between when you see somebody and this, by the way, this episode of the podcast is going to help you be the cream of the crop and not the ones that annoy everybody. Um, but there's a huge difference between you know, people that I would want to work with that are really doing a great job. And then, um, you know, people that are trying to think of how how best to say it. They're basically, I don't know, they're phoning it in. If you know what I mean by that phrase, you know, they're not, they're there maybe for a paycheck, uh, or whatever, but then that, that's the, those are the guys that really annoy me the most because, you know, it, it, I don't mind, and you know, I did a whole episode on whether or not worship leaders and musicians should be paid. You can go back and listen to that. I don't mind that they're paid. You know, I don't mind that some people get paid when they're doing it, but when you're doing it for the sole purpose of being paid, then there's a major problem. And you know, when that's your whole focus of coming so that you can get a check, it really has nothing to do with your heart to worship or your desire to. Um, magnify the Lord or build the vision of the church or anything like that. If it has no spiritual root to it, other than I'm getting a check, you've got a problem. And um, that's why I wanted to do this episode on what you should be doing when you are not worshiping or when you're not in that, um, the very moment of your, you doing what you're called to do. I've seen some crazy stuff. So I've been in services before, and I'm going to give you just some inside information. I've been in services before where it's so much in that direction where the the people don't even care that as soon as they're done, they literally will get off the platform. And I've seen this. I've seen people leave the platform 
and then just leave the church. Um, go stand in the lobby and talk to each other. Like I'm talking about the band and the singers, you know, like just go out in the lobby while the pastor's preaching and the service is going on, you know, out in the lobby, just talking to each other, you know, waiting for their time to get back on the platform. Um, I've seen it as extreme as <laughs> if you can believe this, I've seen it as extreme for services that are like really long Pentecostal services. I know stories of bands and singers leaving the actual premises while the service is still going on, going out to eat and coming back in time to cover the end where they have to get back on the platform, sing and play to close the service. Literally, that's not a joke. I know stories where that has happened. Um, And so there's all kinds of crazy stories out there of stuff that's gone on. And, and, you know, you see it often. Maybe, the you know, they'll, uh, they have a green room or something for the musicians and singers so that as soon as they're off the platform, they're back in the green room, you know, on their phones and eating and drinking and whatever. I've seen concert situations where, you know, the Christian band that's supposed to be performing next, like the, you know, band members are in the alleyway having a cigarette. I mean, like, it's that insane in a lot of places. So did I really want to do an episode on what should you be doing when you're not worshiping. And I want to give you some things that you need to be thinking about, focusing on. I would say this applies to everybody, everybody. Um, Because even believers that are listening to this podcast that you may not be on the platform, you know, once you've transitioned out of that worship time, you know, that praise and worship time, you know, your, your spirit is now prepared to receive the word. That's one of the major reasons that God gave us praise and worship is to prepare our hearts and our spirits to receive the mighty word of God. So let's get into these real quick. And I want you to hear this with an open heart today and really receive it because this will change your life. And as I said a moment ago, it'll make you the cream of the crop, people that are worth working with and worshiping with. Number one, the first thing you should be doing when your worship set is done and now the pastor is beginning to preach, whatever, is you personally need to be pressing in to that service, which means giving your attention to the pastor or whatever speaker is at your church that week, giving them your attention. It means that you are not scrolling your Instagram feed or you know whatever during the whole service, playing games on your phone, out in the back eating, talking to other people, blah, 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 blah. You're not doing all of these things. You are actually pressing into the service. I mean, wow, what a what a novel thought that we should actually focus, pay attention, and press into the service. But you know as well as I do, that's not the case for many musicians, singers, MDs, choir, whatever. For some reason, people feel exempted from pressing into the service. So I want to encourage you, number one, very first thing, press into the anointing to receive something from the Word of God. And, and focus on what God is saying and doing in that service. I encourage you to take notes. Take good notes of what your pastor is preaching on Sunday morning. It'll make a massive difference in your life personally. And that's part of pressing in is that they tell us that we can retain things so much better when we write them down. That's just a... A psychological fact is that your mind retains knowledge much, much more accurately when you write things down that you hear. 
Uh, and so I encourage you to take good notes. Uh, it also helps you um, to focus and to know that you're doing what you should be doing, which is pressing into the anointing when you're actually making notes about what the pastor is saying uh, and what he's teaching you. So number one, without question, press in to the services. I can't stress that enough because I see so many disconnected worshipers. And how can you truly be a worshiper if you're disconnected from the anointing the moment you're done singing slash playing, whatever? Press in to those services. Number two, and this one is big, and I mean it's very big because I find this as a problem when I travel. When the pastor or guest minister, whoever, is preaching in your church and you're listening to the message, you, especially if you have control or even input on what songs will be done at the end or, or whatever, please, please, starting at the beginning of the service as the ministry is, is going and, and the preaching is being done, begin to be sensitive to the Spirit and ask yourself or ask the Holy Spirit, what songs should I do at the end of this service that are going to um, relate and tie in to what he's preaching about? Like, what am I going to sing? Is he preaching a message of consecration and giving your life and heart to the Lord? If he is, what song of consecration should I sing? Is there going to be a salvation altar call? If so, what salvation song am I going to sing? Oh, come to the altar. You know, what What am I going to do? Is that what he's talking about? Or is he just talking about Christian consecration? Um, and maybe you could do something, an old school song, like if you can use anything, Lord, you can use me. Um, what's, what is it? What is he preaching? Is it healing? Is the minister preaching about healing? If so, what healing songs can I sing? Is he going to lay hands on the sick? Is there going to be a prayer line? Does it require me to do upbeat, praiseful? joyous music and not drag on, uh, you know, in, in like wrist slitting, <laughs> slow and depressing quote unquote worship, you know, be thinking about these things. Is he preaching about deliverance, freedom? Is he, you know, whatever it is, and then begin to meditate as the, as it's preaching, as he's preaching and ask the Holy spirit, what are some things I should be singing at the end of this service? How am I going to be better prepared to minister alongside the preacher at the end of this service. What are we going to do? Start to seek the Holy Spirit for a plan before um, any of that takes place. Don't don't do what many people do, which is a massive mistake, which is um, we'd like to have the musicians come back at this time and we're going to get ready to close the service. And the moment you get out of your seat, now you're thinking, oh, I wonder what, what song should we do? No, 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 no. By the time you get out of your seat at the end of the service and you're heading back up onto the platform, you should already know what song you're going to do uh, and have a way to communicate that to your team, how you're going to do it uh, and all that. It will be a massive game changer when you don't have to sit up there on the platform strumming one chord on your guitar or just playing one chord on the keyboard for you know 10 minutes while you're trying to figure out what song and then you're asking me what song should we do what song and I've been guilty of that myself but like what song should we do what song should we do you know it's like have one in your spirit before you go up and it will make a massive difference uh number 3 the third thing that I truly believe you should be doing when you're not worshiping and you're not uh, singing playing whatever 
is not just focusing on what songs you should do, but think to yourself, um, how can I, uh, you know, because many times they may tra- they may turn it over to you or, the, you know, maybe a, a mass prayer and that you're going to be taking the end of the service somehow in, in worship and praise. So you ask yourself, what scriptures can I either use out of what the minister is using for his message or what scriptures relate that build a good bridge um, towards a good exhortation before I'm, I'm, I'm speaking? So that's number three is determine how you can um, properly and powerfully exhort the people from the word of God, encourage them from the word of God before you sing anything. Be thinking about that. What can I say from the word that will bridge this message into what we're going to sing or encourage the people and exhort the people um, as I'm getting ready to transition into this ending song? Be thinking about that. You know, you should always be uh, planning by the Holy Spirit what you're going to be doing next. Always be listening to the Holy Spirit um, regarding what you're going to do next. It's so vital that you do because, you know, I love the, the, the scripture in the word that says, be instant in season and out of season. So literally at any given moment, you're ready to minister on behalf of the Lord. And the thing is, that doesn't come randomly. It takes you make a concerting, making a concerted effort to um, be prepared, meaning you've got something in your spirit constantly. You've got something in your spirit all the time. Number four, this is the fourth thing that I truly believe you should do, Um and 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 it, this is massive because I know lots of guys and lots of songs that are formed uh, th- and guys that have formed songs this way, and that is while your pastor or guest minister whoever is preaching, and you're taking notes as I said before and all that, really really tune in to the Holy Spirit, um, and try press in even if I used to do this all the time. Um, even if it's just a hook or a bridge or a chorus, try to get something in your spirit that you're writing by the Holy Spirit. We call them spiritual songs, you know, and that and that's commanded um, in the Bible. In Ephesians chapter five, we're commanded those of us that are filled with the Spirit and joyful to sing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, making melody to the Lord in our hearts. So if you're filled with the Spirit, that's one of the things you should be doing. And so I want to encourage you as a worshiper that as you are sitting and listening and receiving the Word, let it begin to form a song in your spirit. Let it begin to form a song in your heart. And you know, like I said, even if it's a bridge, and when I say a bridge, even if it's just like a vamp, if you don't know what that is, just look it up. It's not short for vampire. Um, <laughs> even if it's just a vamp, a repeatable phrase over a short four to eight bars of music. Even if it's just that. Something that ties in what the minister's been preaching about that will, and, and let me tell you why that's a benefit. It's a massive benefit. Um, and I saw that I've seen this work on my, on my behalf with our church for, you know, years is that when the pastor preaches something super powerful, you know as well as I do that one of the one of the easiest things to get stuck in your head is a song. 
you know, whether it be a jingle from a commercial or something that's popular right now and it's just the way that it's written and it gets stuck in your head. That's what music does. Music gets stuck in your spirit, gets stuck in your head. And so if you can hear what your pastor is preaching, and even if it's just something as easy as a repeatable phrase, um, a vamp as we call it, um, that's set to music that you can just have the crowd declare over and over and over, um, you know, and the more fleshed out, the better, but it's better to have content than no content. You know, it's better to have on my opinion in these situations, better to have half finished content that works than no content at all because it's not finished yet and nothing to say or sing at the end. So I used to get up and just do stuff like, um, you know, and some of y'all remember used to worship with me in that, in that context. You, you remember, I used to just make stuff up on the spot. Um, you know, we, I remember one Sunday, my, uh, my uncle preached a message on, you know, the, the overwhelming joy of the Lord hitting the body of Christ. And, um, it just hit me in my spirit with this phrase that I kept singing, like everywhere I look, it's all around all God's people make a joyful sound. And I set that to several chords everywhere I look, it's all around. And I was just kind of setting it to like a little vamp. And then all God's people make a joyful noise. And they had like a breakdown. But we did that with the band and made it sound, you know, as earth, wind, and fire <laughs> funky as we could. And funky, you know, funky. F-O-W-N-K-E-E. Funky. Um, we we did that. Um, we, we used to put all kinds of little things together to these chord progressions. But what we were trying to do is take that revelation that was loosed through my uncle or whoever was preaching at the time, wrap it in a declaration or a song. We, you know, it's really just a declaration to music and, and repeatable. It's very repeatable. So you're singing it over and over and over with those that are there and it's getting in their spirit. See what I mean? It's getting embedded in their spirit. So while they may not be able to recite to you the entire message with every verse and every scripture, whatever, um, they can sing that song. They can get that confession in their heart and they can get that song in their spirit. And you know, when they on their, on their way home, they're singing it. When they get home, when they go to bed, they're singing it. They wake up, they're singing it. Going to work, they're singing it. In the car, they're singing it. And see what happens is that it's a confession from the word based on the message and the word, the scripture that's been released, but it's put to song form. And now it becomes, you know, and then you could flesh it out into a whole worship song, you know, and go back to listen to the episode that I released about why you should be writing your own worship songs. Um, but this is one of the ways to get started is grab stuff that's really, really sparking in your spirit while your pastor is preaching. Um, you know, and, and pre- that's part of why it's so important to press in, you know, to continue to press in. It's so vital because if you're not doing that, nothing's going to be sparking in your spirit, meaning you can't write anything or hear f- from the Holy Ghost. So continue to press in, but as you're pressing in, Begin to write things that you're going to sing, that you're going to declare. And I trust me when I tell you, it will make a massive difference. It'll make a massive difference. And then I would say number five, this, this, 
This to me is a good one because I personally am a very introspective person. I like introspection. Like when I hear when I when when I do something or produce something or release something, I'll ask twenty people what they think of it or more. As many people as I can ask, I'll ask. I'm like, tell me what you don't like. You've probably heard me say that on the podcast before. Tell me what you don't like about this, what I did. What do you think was horrible? What do you think needs to change? And that doesn't offend me. That excites me because I want to be better. So by me asking what, you know, what sucked about this, then they give me true and honest answers. That helps me, man. That helps me big time. To the next time that I'm doing it, I'm just continually increasing, continually progressing in my gift and my talent. And so the fifth thing I would say is that even after the service is over, find a way that you can, maybe your your services are already fully all the way through recorded somehow, and you can get a copy of your worship and everything that was recorded. Um, and even if it was on video, all the better. If not, maybe try to find a way where you can record your yourself on video, even if it's just, you know, super not professional. But the reason, number five, is that when you're done with the service, you're not worshiping, um, what you can do is watch back and listen back to the worship service. And you can literally critique yourself and say, okay, here's what we did. Here's what we had. What could I do better next time? Where did I miss it? Was I flat? Was I sharp? Did my face look weird and awkward while I was leading worship? Is that off-putting? Does that take people out of their uh, worship, out of their praise? You know, what can I do better so that I'm, I'm less distracting? And I would encourage you to let this fifth thing be a habit for you as well, is that you go back home or whatever and you listen through to it, you watch it, you see what could be different, what could be better, and you work on making that change. But without question, all five of these things definitely need to be done when you're not in your operating in your gift or you're not activating, right? You're not singing, you're not playing, you're in, you're in your off moments. Don't by any means leave and go to the green room and just sit around snacking. Don't go out in the lobby and talk to somebody else. Don't sit in the service and scroll on your on your phone. Take time. And like I said, press in. Definitely press in to what God has for that service. One thing I learned from my father is that God has a, a plan and an agenda for every individual service. And for those of us that are holding ministry leadership positions, it's our responsibility to discover what that plan and agenda is for the service and follow it and search after completing it with all our hearts. And those of us that are musicians, singers, whatever, we have a very specific job to do. So we cannot afford to be disconnected from what's going on. So literally, I I find these to be so, so vital. Pressing in and taking notes during the service, making sure you're doing that. Number two, thinking of a song that you could sing at the end. Thinking of something that you could, that's going to flow with what he's been preaching, teaching. Number three, working on your transitions, thinking, how am I going to be able to exhort the people? What scriptures can I use? How can I encourage them uh, as we're transitioning out of this 
service and towards the end. I feel that's a that's a big one because a lot of people are not necessarily doing it um, effectively. Number four, what can I sing? What can I write? You know, even if I'm writing uh, like a, a short vamp or a bridge or a course, if anything, what can I write that's going to stick this revelation to people's spirits? And then finally, what can I improve? What can I do better than I did this week? And there's always room for improvement. God will use you and anoint you and bless you. If you're being faithful over a little, he can make you ruler over much. So I want to encourage you guys today. Uh, it's time to become introspective and press in more than ever before. Don't let your gift get the better of you and start taking for granted the spiritual nature and aspect of what you're called to do. Press into the Holy Ghost. Let him use you in ways that you've never been used by the Spirit of God before. Father, in Jesus' name, I pray for every man and woman listening to this podcast today. And I ask you, Lord, to give us all a hunger and a desire to go to a higher level in our gifts and callings. Lord, let us begin to be more introspective than ever before and know that there are areas where we could definitely rise up and go to the next level. We thank you for using us, leading us, and guiding us. In Jesus' mighty name, we love you. Amen. Listen, before you sign off, share the podcast episode with somebody. Instagram stories, stories, Snapchat, Facebook, Twitter, Friendster, Tinder. Anyway, um, if you have any questions about these, because I know I always get questions a lot off of these podcasts and people are always DMing me. Just send me a message on Instagram. You can DM me there. Facebook. You can text me. If you're not in, involved in our text group yet, if you don't have my number logged in your phone and I don't have your information, shoot me a text at area code 757 1078 That's 757 1078 I'd love to hear from you. Shoot me a text there. Add yourself to my phone book. And uh, I'd love to hear from you guys. I love you so much. Go to southeastworship.com. Check out the stuff for the new worship summit coming up May 7th through the 10th. March is the final month, guys. I'm telling you, only a few days left to sign up for the VIP sessions at the $99 rate. We're giving you lunch. We're giving you Q&A. We're giving you exclusive teaching. And we're giving you personal training from the leadership team at the worship summit. Uh, We can only fit about 75 people in the VIP package. That's two days. Uh, that we're doing that. So we want to see you back there with us. Uh, It's going to be awesome. 17 free sessions, live concert album recording. It's going to be amazing. So anyway, it's awesome. I love you guys. Don't forget until next week, goodness and mercy are following you for the rest of your life. I'll talk to you soon. We would love for you to join us in a live service. To find out when Ted Shuttlesworth Jr. will be near you, please visit our website at www.miracleword.com. Oh,